What's good, world? Welcome to the Athletes Club Podcast. We back at it again with episode 12. I'm here with my boy AJ. Keep couldn't make it in today, but he definitely will be back with us tomorrow. Um, How you feeling today, bro? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling live and energetic, ready to get this week over. It's Monday. We'll mm-hmm. be in Miami next Monday. So oh, I'm yeah. Really, I'm, I'm excited, man. Today going week. good so far, though. One week, yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for y'all to get down here next week. It's gonna we're definitely gonna have a good time, and uh, my week has been going great. Starting off pretty pretty well. Went and got a good workout in at the gym, and got a chance to get up in the morning and did some little meditating. So my my week is very starting off very refreshing. So it's been been cool, but um, so let's go ahead and dive into our discussion of the day. So um, I wanted to talk on. James Hart and um recently the Rockets GM Daryl Morey um he said that James Harden he feels is the best isolation player of all time and I wanted to get your viewpoint on you know if do you really think he is the best isolation player of all time? With with my two eyes that I've seen, I believe he is. People mm-hmm. say Jordan, but I didn't. I didn't grow up in the Jordan era. I was a baby when Jordan was around and playing, so I can't picture mm-hmm. or remember seeing Jordan. So with my mm-hmm. two eyes, with what I have seen and witnessed, I think it's Harden. Mm-hmm. And second, I think it, it could be Ivo. Yeah, Ivo was just as crafty, but he wasn't as big and as strong and physical as mm-hmm. James Harden. So I think Harden, he's he might be a little more faster. I think. Mm-hmm. Ivo was just a raw talent. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He just hood basketball player. Yeah, he was hood. Put but, you uh, back in the back of the backyard type yeah, player. He got them them kind of moves. But yeah. James Harden just so elusive, man. Shifty. Mm-hmm. Man, he just he creative. I think he is the best. You know what I'm saying? I think he the best ISO player. Yeah, and I I mean it's I, I would agree. I, I, I definitely think in my opinion, it's between Ellen Iverson and James Harden just because AI, you know, during that era in the 2000s, I mean, he was a monster. And, and just to see what he did with taking the Sixers all the way to the finals against the Lakers, nobody suspected that, you know, with him oh. being six feet, <laughs> six one. I mean, he did some amazing things and crossing up Jordan. Nobody knew that it was possible and his and his skill sets. So, you know, I definitely think like it's it's tough. Like it's to me it's between AI and James Harden. The only thing that holds AI back is like you said, he wasn't as big, you know, in my opinion, he he didn't get to the line as much as James Harden and it's just James Harden is he's taking things to another level as far as, you know, what he's averaging per game and he's also getting his players, his teammates involved as well and he does a lot for the team and that's why you can see that they're um doing doing great for the season. So I mean it's tough for me to say he's the best isolation player. I definitely think it's close, but you know, in my opinion, I probably would say, you know, AI just because some of the things he did back in the day was was crazy. Yeah. So um but yeah, so um the next thing that I wanted to talk on, so um I know um you probably the Warriors and Thunder game over the weekend. Um, now the, the the Thunder lost; they got blown out by the Warriors. But um, one thing that a lot of the different networks have been talking about is uh, Zaza Pachulia. Um, I believe it was either in the third or the fourth quarter. 
Um, Westbrook went up for a layup, and as he was coming down, um, I guess he had fell down, and Pachulia just literally, it looked like he was purposely done. <laughs> he just fell on his ankle, like his leg and his ankle, and got up and kept running. And a lot of the reporters were asking him, do they think he's a dirty player? And Westbrook said, yeah, he feels he's a dirty player. And other people in the league have been talking as well. Like, um, I believe uh, it was either – it was someone on the Wizards or – I think it was it was Trey Burke actually had commented on like West Russell Westbrook pitcher and he had said that you know somebody has to get Zaza Pachulia because I guess he's a he he does a little things to different people different NBA yeah. players throughout the league and they're starting to pick up on it but I just wanted to get your opinion do you think you know Zaza Pachulia is a is a dirty player? Dang. Yeah, yeah that's I crazy. think I think he is too. Yeah. It's not the first time he's been, you know what I'm saying, caught or mm-hmm. seen or talked about being a dirty player. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, so. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I definitely. I, I mean, I would say, you know, he he has had some repeated occurrences. This just isn't the first opportunity of of something he's done on the court that that wasn't with integrity. And I think that, you know, the league has to do a better job of officiating and watching out for that. Like, they literally, the ref was, like, standing right there, and they didn't say anything. They just kind of kept moving, and Westbrook was shaking his head. So I think the league got to do a better job of just just getting the, the dirty players, um, you know, either a suspension or they need to be more accountable for their actions. So um, there's something that needs to be. Uh, it needs to be uh more uh, refs need to have more awareness when it comes to that. So, um, but yeah, so, but nonetheless, I mean, as far as like the Warriors with them blowing out the Thunder, do you think that kind of opens it up for, um, just it's not a lot of people have been saying that they believe that the Warriors are they will beat the the Thunder hands down if they meet each other in the playoffs. Do you think that with them blowing them out the way they did? That if they see each other in the playoffs, that it's going to be over. Like they they'll beat them in five or four or five games, or maybe six. Like, what do you think the Thunder? What chances does the Thunder have um, against the Warriors? I think the Thunder can get two games in there. Yeah, but yeah. the Warriors are like the mind stars, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be delusional to really believe or even consider that somebody going to beat the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Four times, I know. Like it's yeah. just—I want to believe it. I want—I think somebody can. But at the same time, when I really sit down and look at the matchup, look at the percentages, the—you the, feel me? The numbers, mm-hmm. everybody averaging on their team, and just the willpower, the firepower that whole team got. Man, it's really—it's really—it's an all-star team at the end of the day, for real. When you got Steph playing at the top of his game. You got KD playing at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. You got you got uh Draymond playing at the top of his game. You got Clay playing at the top of his game. When you got all of them playing at the top of their game, they are unstoppable. Nobody can beat them. Not the war not the not the uh, Rockets, not the mm-hmm. Thunder, not the Cavs, not the Celtics, not <laughs> none of them teams, bro. I, I just don't see it. Or the Rockets too. I know. Not when not when the Warriors all playing at their top top of their game. The only mm-hmm. way somebody can beat the Warriors 
if injuries occur, which that's part of the that's part of the all sports injuries happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. not wishing none, no injuries on nobody, but that's just when you all athletes know injuries are part of sports. Just like when LeBron and them won that that title, they won against the Warriors the second time. Yeah, I, I think it was due to injuries. It was due to injuries. You know that, I agree with you. So the Warriors, I think the only thing that's gonna stop the Warriors is injuries if that happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. The the Thunder don't got a chance. They can maybe get two games, but they not beating them four times. Yeah, I think I don't even think they beating them three. Yeah, it, it is hard to, to really really say that the Warriors can lose four games in a row just because like their offense is just so lethal and potent that you know you gotta really bring your A game. The the Western Conference, all the teams that that may face them in the playoffs, they gotta bring their A game every night because it's it's not gonna be an easy battle. So I, I agree with you. When when K D Clay Steph is on and even Draymond is defensively um playing at another level, it's really hard to compete with them. I just hope they I just don't want it to be no cakewalk. I really hope the Rockets or the Thunder can take them to seven games, but they gotta really, they gotta really go all out. So we're gonna have to see. We we definitely gonna have to see what what happens and, and what uh, transpires as the as the playoffs play out. But I'm I'm interested see. on seeing right. what's gonna happen. So we we shall see. Have you seen uh yesterday, man? Like the, the way LeBron been crying. I wanted to ask. Like, oh, about the uh the refs and stuff. I heard them talking yeah, about. Yeah, I wanted to ask them like. Did Jordan cry this much <laughs> as LeBron? Because at the end of the day, look, look, look. No, no ref is perfect, bro. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. I understand he won his foul calls, but it's other people that don't get foul calls throughout the whole league. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. feel like LeBron cried every time he do not get a foul call. Like, dude, it's okay. I understand you want that foul call. It's a lot of fouls that that don't get called. You're not the only person that they miss foul calls. You feel me? Yeah. But you don't see other people dramatically crying in the middle of the game. You feel me? The game's still playing, and he's he sitting there talking to the refs. Like, dude, just play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think sometimes it up. does get out of hand. Like, I mean, I think one issue is that he's so big that, you know what I mean, they can't – it's certain players. I mean, even Stephen A said it, like, you know what I mean? When it's a player that's physically dominating on the court, you got to think of ways that you can kind of um, get get them out of their game or get their head out of the game. In LeBron's case, okay, granted, it is some calls that I have seen. It's been some plays I've seen where it's like, how did he not get that foul call? But at the same time, you have to learn how to play through that because players on the opposite side are doing this so you can complain. So you can throw you off of your game. So I just think he does have to do a better job of, you know, just being able to be resilient when it comes to that. Because I feel like he's eventually going to get the calls, but he's not going to get the calls if he keeps calling out the refs and he keeps complaining. So um, it's interesting that you said that because they said that LeBron said that the, the refs are favoring shooters. Like they favor, they favor, you know, people that I guess can shoot. Um, shoot a lot better compared to players that are more dominant like he is in the mid in the paint or going to the basket. So I thought that was interesting that he said um refs are giving uh more calls to shooters. So that was very interesting. Yeah. So um 
I but, just I want to know. I want I want to put up a poll, and I want to ask OGs. I'm gonna go on Facebook, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. ask OGs. You know what I'm saying? Did Jordan cry like the way LeBron did? <laughs> yeah, cause they might tell. Yeah, they could tell you for sure. They could tell. But I mean, Jordan probably had his moments too. He probably had his probably moments. Probably did. Probably but, did. But I yeah. just think LeBron too big for that. And if you do get your, if you if they do miss a foul call, shake it off, man. Shake mm-hmm. it off. It's not the end of the world. Just keep playing. Keep dominating the way you know you can dominate. That's but true. The they turn around and talking to the refs and arguing crowns to the refs. That's not going to help your cause, bro. It's not. No. And yeah, it's you not. You look soft when you turn around and do that. Because you don't true. see nobody else doing that. I understand. Okay, they. I seen Shannon Sharp talking about it earlier. How Lou Will, Devin Booker, and um, James Harden drive to the basket. But then they get they foul call. They shoot like ten. They average like ten free throws a game or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think right now this is the lowest uh, free throw attempts LeBron had has had this season. You know what I'm saying? This season is the lowest in his whole career. And I feel like I didn't even know that. That's interesting. I feel like man, at the end of the day, control what you can control. You can't control the refs blowing the whistle all the time. You can't. At the end of the day, you got to work on your game. Like James Harden. He's so animated and so, like, like, he plays with you. He draws you into following him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, see, so James, that's what makes him choice. so great. That's what makes him so great. Like, you, I'm going to let you finish, though, before I say what no, I'm going to say. You good, you good. No, I was going to say, like, see, LeBron got to learn how to change his game. I mean, he's changed, his game is involved, evolving, but he has to do a better job. Like, James Harden. He 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 does a great way. He he does an excellent job of baiting you into a foul. You know, with his up right. fakes, with his movements on the court, the way he handles the ball. And I mean, LeBron need to take some of his characteristics instead of complaining. You gotta almost yeah, force them to make you to make them foul you. I mean, cause James Harden. I mean, you don't hear him complaining. He's just as great as you. He just knows how to get the fouls. So exactly. he, he's got to do a better job of changing his perspective instead of complaining. He just got to he got to learn how to evolve his game to I don't know if he's going to have to his handles going to have to get better or he's going to have to be more um more assertive with his up fakes so he can yeah. get people off of the ground. So it's some things he has to work on, too. It's not just the rest, but he I guess, you know, LeBron, he's so used to getting the calls, you know, throughout his career. Now that he's getting better as a player and he has gotten bigger on the court, um, he's not getting those calls as much, and it's frustrating. But he just has to learn. He has to just change his perspective and adapt his game. But I, I think he'll – I hope he could stops complaining because, I mean, it doesn't look good. You don't want to constantly create that illusion um, of being a player, you know, that's just on the court always whining for a call. And the refs don't want to deal with that either. So, um his game's definitely gonna have to change, but so we'll we'll see how how that goes. But there is one thing though I did want to talk to you about. It's a different um a different topic. It's not the NBA, but I know you heard about the FBI probe on the NCAA as far as the list of players and the teams that potentially were given incentives or money to players. And I wanted to have you heard about that? No, say that again. The okay. Basically, the FBI did a probe on in the NCAA, the college basketball, mm-hmm. and basically they found out that 
um the list of the schools that they have here and they have some of the players listed too. But long story short, like some of the, the, the some of the teams that were located in this FBI probe was like Duke, North Carolina, Texas, Michigan State, Alabama, USC, Seton Hall, Washington, and basically there was potential impermissible benefits and preferential treatment for players and families. So they're saying that they gave basically money for whatever it was agents or whatever was giving money to families or players while they were in school. And they have like the list of, they got Miles Bridges. They said he was in the, he was in the probe. They had Dennis Smith Jr. Also um, Isaiah Whitehead that went to Seton Hall and what I wanted to ask you is, and this has been a topic that, you know, has been developing over the years, but like, do you truly feel that even Jim Bo, uh, even Jim Bohan has said this of, of Syracuse, he said that this has been going on for years and this isn't anything new and that, you know, people have to be understanding that the rules are going to have to change as far as whether it's players are going to have to be start getting paid, college athletes are going to have to start getting paid, or they should allow they should allow high school athletes to go straight to the league. So instead of them doing, and this will help with a lot of the one and dones as well. You know, they go for one year and they leave. They should be able to go straight to the league from high school. So what I wanted to ask you is, like, do you feel college athletes should be paid, or they should have the ability to go straight to the league? out of high school, so this won't be a recurring issue moving forward in the future with players, you know, being paid under the table from ages and different things like that? Okay, first, I think college athletes should be paid. They should, yes. definitely. I've been saying that for the longest. Second, I don't think college, I don't think high school athletes should be able to go and play professionally straight out of high school. For one, you got to develop. Yeah, you As do got to develop. And yeah. as a woman, you got to develop your game. You got to develop your knowledge of the game. You got to mm -hmm. just – you just got to become better. Pros are pros for a reason. Not a small percentage of people become pro athletes. Mm -hmm. Because that's just a – a, it's, a, it's a different level. You know what I'm saying? What it I'm is saying? a different level. And mm -hmm. coming out of high school, for one, you don't know how to manage money, tons of money. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to. I don't feel like a lot of people don't know how to carry themselves coming right out of high school and be becoming a professional athlete. So it's steps, it's levels to life. It's you gotta progress. You know what I'm saying? And college is a great teacher. It's not only an educational teacher; it's a life teacher. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Amen. Amen. You learn life in college because you, you do your own for your first time. For those who go off to college, some stay at home and go home every weekend. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But. When you go off to college, you learn. You learn who you are. You go through different things. You, know, you understand? It's mm -hmm. just, yeah, they should be paid because you getting up at five to go work out. And then after that, you got to go to class. And after class, you got to go to practice. And after practice, you got to go and look at what you did in practice and fix, your, fix up your mistakes from practice. You understand what I'm saying? Then you got to mm -hmm. do homework from earlier. And all, in between all that time, you got to eat. Yep. You got to develop relationships with people. You know what I'm saying? So it's a job. That's true. And what's 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 the hard what's what's hard about it as well, and I was looking at this on ESPN, 
even if the, the student athletes wanted to work, they can't even work because exactly. you're doing so much from traveling, from playing games, you practicing, you you working out, you watching film. It's it's so it's it's a full time job, like you said. So even if they want to work, they can't work because it's really school and it's whatever specific sport that you playing. And I know you know firsthand because you play you play college football. So you know, I, I definitely think that it, it has to be. And when you look at all of the money that these these programs get from March Madness, this exactly. this fastly approaching. Um, all of the sponsorships. I mean, I it's it's a crazy statistic on how much these programs get when their teams are um moving within March Madness as far as they're moving from round to round and they're getting closer to the end. Now I did find out that when the teams go to the championships, they do give them a little stipend if they're playing like in a championship and they're playing in the city. Um, they give them a little stipend to use for the week, but then again. Compared to what the program will get um, if they win a championship or, you know, whatever, the success that they get throughout the um, the tournament, it's nothing compared to what they get to the stipend. That's like a peanut. So exactly. I think, you know, they have to do a better job of making sure that all parties are satisfied or we're going to keep seeing this issue because you got families that are from urban areas, inner cities, inner cities, uh, kids, you know, black males that they don't financially have the resources that maybe, uh, um, no disrespect, you know, maybe of a, of a, Cauc- a Caucasian, um, person, they may not have that or a suburban, um, a suburban child in the area. They don't have as many resources. So when they come to college, you know, their parents financially may not be able to take care of them as another family in a suburban area. And it's like, it, it has to change, and I hope that with this probe, it allows it allows some solutions to be developed. But it definitely needs to change because um, I think it's going to keep happening. You're going to keep seeing families getting paid by agents because, I mean, yeah, what would you do in that situation if you can't eat and you need money to eat? Of course, you you're not going to turn down five thousand to help you. Whatever exactly. to do, what you got to do to buy clothes, to eat, to to do whatever. So it's like they got to really understand it from that perspective. So I hope that these players, even if they were, um, even if they were guilty of taking money, you know, a lot of people have been saying this is disgusting, this shouldn't be happening. At the same time, it's got to be a balance. It's got to be every party need to be paid. It shouldn't be the coaches benefit benefiting off the players, the program. They're benefiting all the players and athletics. You know, I mean, I know you probably already know it, but athletics actually helps with generating more attendance of people coming to the school. Because if you see Alabama wins the championship and you're looking at a list of schools you want to go to school for, of course, you may want to go to the best school or go to the school that has the best athletic program. So mm-hmm. they 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 bring in a lot of revenue from a lot of different aspects and I think that it's going to have to change and I hope that this this the results of this FBI probe on the NCAA it creates that change. Yeah, so the NCAA like you said they generate so much revenue like what is the issue of playing players? What are y'all going to miss out on by <laughs> playing like what is it going to harm by paying players? You don't gotta give them thousands or millions, five hundred a month. 
If they don't know yeah. how to and then set it could be classes. something as simple as that. Yeah, mm-hmm. set up classes where they could learn how to manage that. You know what I'm saying? Or a thousand a month. It ain't got to be much, but give them something. I'm, I'm sure a thousand is not going to take out of the millions of revenue that they generate. The exactly. NCAA. And uh, what is it? Stan Van Gundy, whatever his name is, the coach for the Pistons, he said the NCAA is the worst organization ever. He said it's the worst organization ever. Yeah, he says it's the worst. He does not like that. Or like, it, mm. I kind of, I kind of agree because at the end of the day, you like, man, it's just terrible. They don't really care. No. Like he said, they don't really care about the kids, man. They don't really care about the kids for real. Because if they you focus about the on kids making real, money, that's all they care about is making money. That's all. And they that's care sad, about man, money. because they're benefiting off the players. And granted, you know, everyone says, well, athletes are being paid, they're getting meal plans, they're getting um they they're they're getting meal plans or they're they're getting different, you know, I guess resources to help them, you know, uh as far as on the court or any type of um additional help that they may need in the classroom, but that's not really helping them like put money in their pockets to put clothes on their back. If you, exactly. you know what I'm saying? If they want to go get them some clothes, you know what I mean? They can't, they don't have the, the money to do that. It's a lot of different, or even if they got to put gas in their car, you know what I'm exactly. saying? As simple as that. Like, it's a lot of different aspects, man. And, you know, even though they're getting something, it's not enough compared to what, the way the programs are benefiting off of these players. It's just not enough. Um, so I really hope it does it does create some change. So we we shall see. But so yeah, that's a very good topic. But um the last thing that I wanted to talk on before we wrap up this podcast, I, I had some some nice trivia questions for you um in the area of music and I wanted to see if you would, would be able to answer them. Um so I got two questions here. I'm only gonna give you ten seconds. <laughs> to answer each question, it shouldn't be too hard. I mean, they may be hard. I don't know, but um, if not, I'll just give you the answer and we'll we'll go from there. So, um, but the first question, the first trivia question, I wanted to see if you knew it's about Nas. So, who produced New York State of Mind? Who do you think produced the New York State of Mind by Nas? Uh, I'm gonna say Nas. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh DJ Premier. Yeah, DJ oh, okay. Premier produced. He produced. He produced a majority of Illmatic. Um. Now the second question, you may know this one, but I had to look it up because I wasn't surprised. I was surprised it, this number was so large. But how many Grammys does Jay Z have? Forty-four. Nope. Twenty-one. That was good to, to go big. I mean, that's still a lot of Grammys, man. That's crazy. That is a lot of Grammys. I never knew you had 21. So that was interesting. Grammys. Yeah, 21. 21. I wonder why he's so paid. Yeah, bro. 21, bro. He eating, bro. But I hey, messed with Have you with uh, it. checked out that book? Oh, yeah. The um the, the Way of the Superior Man by Nipsey yeah. Hussle. Yeah, no, I started reading. Nip. He said by Nipsey Hussle. No, no. Oh, yeah, not by Nipsey. Y'all tripping. Yeah, by, yeah, Nipsey uh, just recommended The one that it. was recommended by Nipsey Hustle. My yeah. apologies, everybody. Um, The author, I forgot the author. I think it was David Tedder, I believe. But I started reading, like, the foreword and, like, a couple pages of the book. And it's really interesting, man. It's just really talking about, like, you know, just it, it, it's breaking down masculinity and breaking yeah. down how, you know, we are – 
how men are sometimes it's good to be emotional, not emotional, but I think the book is trying to state how we have to have a caring side to us, especially when we are growing with a woman. And, you know, I'm not too in-depth into it, but, you know, it's breaking down the different characteristics of a man and a woman, and it's starting to really transition a little bit further in-depth into the book. But I appreciate you giving me a recommendation. And everybody should check out that book. It's called The Way All My Men Out There. It's called The Way of a Superior Man um, by David Tedder. It's a real good, a real good book. So I, I would definitely check it out. How how you feel about it so far? Where you at in the book? Uh, I'm on chapter eight. Oh, it's, you've been getting through it. That's good. I mean, the first couple of chapters was really like two, two, three pages. That's cool. So it's not really, but I, I like it, man. Like you said, it's really breaking down masculinity. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just letting you know, like, and and one of the parts it told you, like, surround yourself with friends that'll hold you accountable. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying. Friends that's gonna push you, yep. but not over push you. Yep. But at the end of the day, they're not gonna let you be less than anything great. Exactly, you know and yeah. and that's why, you know, and 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 that's what I want everybody to get out of our podcast. Like you know, with me and my brothers, you know, we we got a bond, and we continue we continually push each other to get out of our comfort zones and to be great. And I would definitely advise everybody. You know, surround yourself with people that uh, your power circle, your mastermind circle of people where you can think you can create and be great with. So, you know, it's definitely important. So I would agree. I would agree with that statement. But, yeah, yeah. so did you have any uh, trivia questions that you wanted to bounce off at me? Um, no, before I ain't I wrap got it up? none today. Okay. That's cool. But yeah, so did you have anything? I guess we gave people the word of the not the word of the day, but what people should think about for the day, um, wrapping it up with that that message that they're saying in the book. But did you got any, anything else that you wanted to say to the world um before we get off we get off for the day? Uh, everybody just continue to spread love each and every day. That's it. Love and positivity. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, We appreciate y'all tuning in today. We appreciate the love. Continue to keep following us. You can also follow my social media, um, clutch underscore Kev on Instagram and Snapchat. I'll definitely follow back. You know, email us. um, Give us any feedback um, or anything we can improve on. We really appreciate it. So um, we out.